Hello Turkaholics and welcome back to Football Ala Turka Season 2 Episode 5 covering Match Day 5 of the Turkish Super League and also Match Day 1 of the Champions and Europa League at least for the Turkish clubs in action. My name is Kam Bayazit and I'm joined once again by Burak Sesgin, Jakub Marofolo and the returning Umut Naderi is uh, subbing in for Uzedinjer Umut and the rest of you all, welcome to the show. Hello. Umut, uh, how was your trip to Belgium? You went uh, to watch Galatasaray uh, Club Brugge live. How was it? Well, the going was in a rush, to be honest, because I didn't know what to do at first. And you guys helped me out, thanks to you. And uh, I went there uh, without an issue. Uh, but the returning was uh, not cool. <laughs> it took a lot of time because I had to... Uh, Depart by bus uh, because I I had no tickets for a hotel or somewhere to stay, so I I decided I go back by bus. Then like uh, in an eight hours almost, uh, I arrived to King's Cross uh, in London without an issue. It was fun. Yeah, it would have been more fun if you guys got a win. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want that, but you never get it. Yeah, and for you guys who are wondering, uh, Khan, you live in Belgium, why didn't you uh, let him stay at your place? I offered, but it's like a super long distance for Belgium standards, like 140 kilometers, and you know I don't drive, so I couldn't go and pick him up. Uh, and for him to get to us was impossible because there were no trains uh, after the match anymore. So unfortunately, this was the best solution for, for Umut. Uh, Burak, how was your week? No European football for Fenerbahce. Did you manage to enjoy the Turkish teams in action? Um, well, I, I watched the other teams, to be honest, quite, quite honest with you. Um, I mean, so a lot of the games were quite early as well, so by the time I actually got home from work, the second half were pretty much started. I tried to get catch some of the, the Galatasaray Bruges game because that was a 6pm kickoff in the UK, so I caught some of that on the train and it was just a bit of a ball fest, to be fair. And the other results, I just like checked in on them, um, saw brief highlights, and well, it looks like we're losing our automatic qualification to the Champions League, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, that's what's looking like, Jakub. Uh, your Trubs and Sports return to Europe wasn't a major success, but at least it wasn't as bad as Bishiktas or Bashakshir's outings. Yeah, I, get, I guess I can be fine with not losing really hard you know <laughs> but um <laughs> it's still a pretty terrible week with uh, with the europa league game and with the game today yeah but uh, it is what it is yeah let's get into this european results so in the champions league in group a galtzrai and club brugge well i should say club brugge and galtzrai play to a nil nil draw otherwhere in the group paris saint germain trashed real madrid three to nil um didn't watch the game but i'm hearing Paris Saint-Germain played fantastic football. So obviously they are the first leaders in this group with Real Madrid being fourth and Galtzrai being currently on level points with Brugge in second slash third place. In Group C of the Europa League, Getafe beat Trabzonspor 1-0 as we had just alluded to. Goal here coming from Angel 
in the 18 minutes and uh, in the other match in the group Basel absolutely tumped Krasnodar 5-0 so it can always be worse and obviously Basel are the leaders on the goal differential in group C with 3 points and Getafe in 2nd place with with 3 points Trabzonspor in 3rd and then Krasnodar bottom just basically on goal differential in group J as Roma trashed Basakshi here 4-0 uh, that wasn't a great uh, outing for Basakshi here it was a 1-0 after 45 minutes following a Junior Kajsara own goal. Then in the 58th minute, Edin Zeko doubled the scoreline for Roma. Nicolo Zaniolo made it 3-0 in the 71st minute. And then in the 3rd minute of stoppage time, Justin Klavert made it 4-0. Two assists also for Zaniolo, so he really caused uh, lots of problems for Basakshir on the night. Then in the other match... Probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, shocker of the of the Europa League night. Uh, Gladbach, Borussia Mönchengladbach losing 0-4 against the Wolfsburger from Austria. So the early leaders in this group, J, are both Roma and Wolfsburger as both teams won with four goals difference. And obviously Basakshir and Mönchengladbach are sharing third and fourth place on zero points in the same goal differential. And then finally in group K, Slovan Bratislava beat Besiktas 4-2. The scoreline went as follows. Andras Sporar put the, the host in front uh, in the 14th minute after a huge blunder from Loris Karius. Then in the 29th minute, Adam Leitch converted a spot kick to make it 1-1. In the first minute of stoppage time, Vasil Bozikov scored an own goal following an uh, George Kevin Ukudo cross, made it 1-2 for Besiktas, so half-time scoreline 1-2. Then Andras Sporar made it 2-2 in the 58th minute. And then in the third minute of stoppage time, Marin Ljubicic made it 3-2. And then 60 seconds later, Mohamed Rasala made it 4-2 in the fourth minute of stoppage time. So a little bit of a misleading scoreline perhaps. Wolves Braga, another surprise, but lesser so. Wolves losing at home to the Portuguese side, 1-0, making uh, them second in the group. And of course, Slovan Bratislava, the early leaders, and Besiktas bottom, and uh, Wolves in third place. Goal differential again. Well, let's briefly talk about the matches. Uh, Umut, Galtzrae's performance away at Club Brugge. What did you think about it? Well, we held the position at all times, but... Couldn't manage to find space because Buruhe positioned really well at defense and they had the pacey wingers, which caused some issues to our backs. Especially Nagatomo gets dispossessed every time uh, by the. Uh, uh, I don't know the name of the winger who has blonde hair, caused really trouble to Galatasaray at times. And Falcao especially couldn't find any space and got lost behind the defenders of. Before the game, it was a threat that it's been said that Kulbruhe can possess some threats from the set pieces which their captain, Ruth Warmer, takes. And we saw that they can cause a lot of issues from there. And it was quite lucky because they missed a lot of chances from those set pieces. And also quite unlucky from Babel to miss that chance uh, which he should have taken but missed because he went for the power uh, instead of placement. So it was a disappointment for Gas right? In the first half, Club Brugge had quite a few really good opportunities to score, but uh, Galatasaray had probably the best chance, as Umbo just alluded to, one-on-one. -on -one. Ryan Babel with uh, Mignolet, but I think Mignolet saved that one. Uh, then in the second half, I felt that Brugge kind of... Uh, 
fell back a little bit. Galtry gained more control, but not a lot of chances in the second half. Uh, a potential penalty at the very end where there was a VAR check, but penalty wasn't given for Brugge. So uh, fortunately for Galtry, they get off on a relatively okay start. And they are, I guess you could say, in, in the favorable position right now for third place because that's realistically probably what they're going to be aiming for although with Real Madrid losing heavily against Paris Saint-Germain you never know maybe Galtry can do something against Real Madrid um, and, and, and fight for second place but Paris Saint-Germain early on showing their authority in this group already and of course on the next match day Galtry will play Paris Saint-Germain if I'm not mistaken Umut. Yeah I think so uh, I haven't looked it up yet but it will cause us a lot of trouble because so many talented players out there and our defensive line is horrendous right now with Nagatomo and very unsteady uh, centre-backs, both prone to a lot of errors at these times, Luindama and Marcao, because I don't know why, but Marcao lost all of, all of his confidence after his past mistakes. He doesn't want to make a mistake, so he cannot take any more risks on the field, which caused us a lot of trouble because of the courage he lost. And then let's move on to Europa League Group C. Uh, Jakub, your brief thoughts on the match against Getafe for Trabzonspor? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like the team very much. <clears throat> Getafe played uh, uh, pretty good, to be honest. You have to give them a lot of props. But uh, the team, I don't know what it was. I think it is. It is a bit of fatigue, you know, after playing so many games. But it it, it just didn't seem like uh, it seemed like they were eleven random players on the field that didn't know any any positions and whatnot. Uh, there was a point where, uh, where every midfielder was on the right of the pitch and there was nobody in the center. It was like, it was infuriating. The goal was, yeah, it was a, it was a mistake from Urjan with uh, com communicating with the defenders. But all in all, yeah, not that, but not that bad of a game. But yeah, Trabzonspor needs to at least win some games at home. And um, as I said a week ago, I was most afraid of Krasnodar. But they got absolutely hammered by Basel, so I don't even know what to think anymore. Um, yeah, the only thing we can do is hope at the moment. Yeah, not much to add about Basakshir, of course, losing without a real chance against the AS Roma, the favorites in this group. The big surprise in Group J, of course, Wolfsburger getting that win over um, Borussia Mönchengladbach. So that's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen there. Yeah, that maybe gives Basakshir here still an opportunity for second place, but maybe Wolfsburger will end in second, imagine that. Uh, let's move on then, finally, quick my, my quick thoughts on, on the Bishtesh performance. Similar feeling to what uh, Jakub just said, it felt kind of like just 11 random players on the pitch, doesn't really feel like it's meshing all too well. Although Bishtesh should have always won this game, I think, but there was a lot of errors going on in both the first goal, lack of communication between Karius and the defense. I kind of... Wasn't surprised by that, given that Avci really switched it up at the back with uh, changing both the fullbacks, and it was kind of a little bit of a miscommunication between both Robocho and Karis, it felt like. But Bistich recovered from that, scoring the 1-1. Uh, I think Karius got very lucky not to get sent off a little later. Uh, could have easily gotten sent off after uh, a last man fall that didn't get seen by the referee. Um, the penalty was on Leic. Leic took it, converted. That's uh, later then. And then there was another penalty on Leic where the referee gave him a yellow card, 
which was ridiculous. It was an obvious penalty again for Besiktas, but uh, I guess he felt like he already gave one. But then Besiktas still go into the half time in the lead with that uh, deflection on Nakudo's cross. Nakudo, I thought, had a really good game. Felt like he beat his man every single time. Um, just needs to work on his end product, but uh, his pace and his, his acceleration is, is, impre is really impressive at times. Another blunder at the back, it felt like more like Umut Nayers, who started up top, gave the ball away clumsily. Uh, then Victor Ruiz missed his interception on the ball. Sporar intercepted it and then scored 1-1 with Karius. Uh, very good finish, but in the close angle, Karius, I think, should lose a little bit more there. And then, yeah, what, what's there left to say? What can you say on the, the third goal? It's, it's horrible officiating. Rebocho goes up for a header, gets kicked in the face. So you have to imagine the guy, 1 meter 73 tall, he's, he's going up for a header and he gets kicked in the face. So you imagine how high that boot was. Heads it out while getting kicked in the face. The attacker, which was Sporar, by the way, he apologizes profusely to Rebocho. He felt really bad about it, you could see that. But obviously, I mean, come on. And then, yeah, ref still gives the corner. They score out of that corner, and then they score 60 seconds later again because Bishtis have lost the plot. Not an excuse for the performance, of course. Terrible refereeing, but the the, the carrier's red card position was first, so he could have already sent, reduced Bishtis to 10 men early on in the match. So he was very bad, but I'm not going to say that Bishtis lost because of the referee, because I think this could have been worse if Karius got sent off early, but it was just comical, the refereeing. Um, that's a problem maybe in the Europa League that you get these refs from Estonia, who clearly aren't up to the challenge. Uh, but all in all, terrible performance by Bishtis, and I think their European campaign could already be over, because Bratislava are the team in this group where you need to take six points against, and you lose on match day one, so... It's so it looks like a terrible campaign for, for, for Besiktas in Europe. And Burak alluded to it earlier. We have one draw and three losses so far. Now, right now, Turkey have lost their straight spot into the UEFA Champions League for next season as it currently stands with the coefficients. The Netherlands are hopping over us, taking 10 position. We're dropping back. Um, that means that whoever wins the league this season, if it stays like this, if we can't get more points than the Netherlands... That, yeah, this season's champion will not get a ticket straight into the UEFA group stages uh, for the Champions League, sorry. So, yeah, it's been coming for a while, I guess, with the, the overall performances from Turkish clubs in Europe. It's Besiktas have kind of carried the coefficient, well, not kind of, they've just outright been carrying the coefficient for the past five years. Uh, having amassed more coefficient points than, than, than the other clubs combined, basically. And, and they've been very poor this season so far and, and that last season too. So they've collapsed and, and nobody else have, have picked up the slack. So it's only logical, I guess. And it's very unfortunate, but it's not the end of the world because, of course, the champion will have the champion route into the Champions League qualifiers. So they te theoretically should get easier opponents. But it means starting the season early and uh, yeah. That's a big disadvantage, maybe, for whoever wins the league next season. Burak, Jakub, Umut, anything to add to that story? No, it's just a sad state of affairs. <laughs> it, it really is. Uh, let's move over to the, to the league, then. We've spent enough time on the dramatic performance of Turkish clubs in the Champions and Europa League. More so the Europa League than the Champions League, really. 
So let's move over to match day five in the Turkish Super League 2019-2020 season. On Friday, Gustepe beat Konya Sport 1-0. Despite going down to 10 men in the 50th minute, Andre Poko got sent off. But in the 76th minute, Alpasan Öztürk converted a spot kick to make it 1-0 for the hosts. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great result uh, for uh, Gustepe who have been struggling. Burak, your thoughts on this match? Oh, this was... It was just so boring. I managed to catch most of this match on the Friday, and I think it was a correct decision for the um, the, the sending off. But I think the, the, these two teams could have played for another 90 minutes, and neither would have scored. And it took a penalty to to break the deadlock. And after that, it just went back to being absolutely the same, just rubbish, uh, boring football. Uh, correct penalty. It was a tug on the Gustav player's shirt. Uh, we saw the same thing tonight uh, in the Besiktas Başakşehir game with a tug on Burak Yilmaz's shirt. So I don't know why defenders do that when they know that we got VAR as well. So it seems not to be getting through to them. Maybe they just forget in the heat of the moment that oh I'll just pull this guy's shirt back a little bit. But then the guy goes down and you've got VAR watching. The referee's going to obviously go to it and see it's a clear shirt call, which is a stonewall penalty, open and shut case. And I think that's, is that Gustav's first goal as well as their first that's their first win? I think it might be. Their first um, win for sure. I don't know about the goal. I can um, check. And it was the Cameron Jerome effect because he actually didn't play too badly. You know, he was, it is, it was their first goal of the season. It came from the penalty spot. Um, it says a lot for them. The fans were absolutely amazing all game. I must say that they didn't shut up. They kept chanting loudly, and it's it's good for them to get a home win because those fans definitely deserve it for the amount of passion they put into supporting Gerstepper. But they've really got to to step up and start to create some more chances and start finishing more. Cameron Drone was a good anchor man up top, so he was good at bringing the ball down, bringing other players into play. So almost kind of sacrificed himself to try and pass the ball off. He didn't get much service otherwise. But let's wait and see. You know, this three points, no matter how they come, you know, bad, not so great football penalty could be the kickstart that goes Tepper need for their their season. Um, and as a conscious sport, I think they'll just be finishing between mid-table again, probably between 7th and 12th. It wasn't inspiring football being played there. Um, despite being against 10 men, they just were unable to create anything of any sub- substance or significance. I agree with, with you guys. It wasn't really the best game, but um, yeah, Gustav deserved, deserved the win anyway because they were pretty pretty much the only team that was attacking really consistently um, otherwise pretty boring match yeah hard fought win for Gustepe who are facing another tough season I think Umut uh, anything to add well actually uh, what Burak said uh, I can uh, confirm it Cameron Jerome effect uh, getting rid of Dead players like Yasin Ostekin and Eren Dardiok really changed the game the Gustepe played also, uh, they relied on Mosoro and Soner Aydoğlu, uh, who came from Başakşehir mm-hmm. uh, early on, which changed their game style and gave them a like energetic feeling yeah, on the field. Mosoro was. Uh... And also, uh, I can point out Sarkan Kırıntılı's game. Actually, he played really well, uh, and 
he saved, I think, eight saves he made, uh, which reminded me of the game uh, he had which, a year which... ago uh, versus Alanya, oh. uh, which he uh, saved 13 goals and a penalty from Emrak Baba <laughs> as well. He was a really great, but uh, couldn't get enough. Uh, and Gustave got their first three points. Yeah. He had a couple, uh, I think it might have been two seasons ago, he had a match like that against Besiktas where he made like eight or nine saves too. Um, yeah, Sirkan, of course, you know, still one of the best goalkeepers in the league, but I think he's at the right level there. Not a big team player maybe, but great goalkeeper. Uh, let's move on to uh, Saturday, Kasim Pasha trashing Antalya Sport 3-0, getting their first win of the season. Goals here coming from Mustafa Pektemek in the 53rd minute. Then a goal from Nazim Sangare was disallowed for offside. And after that, Mame Tiam made two more goals in the 60th and 80th minute. He made a 2-3-0 and, and he had already assisted the first goal. So man of the match performance for Mame Tiam, who has uh, been impressive for, for Kasim Pasha. Um, Jakub, any notes on this game? What did you think of the disallowed goal? Yeah, it, it, it is VAR. You know, the VAR is um, is doing its work. It's sometimes sometimes a bit annoying, but uh, it was a correct decision. Um, if you only look at the result, it, it really seems, seems like Kasim Pasha just destroyed Antalya about the first half. Antalya was pretty pretty good, to be honest. But um, yeah, Kasim Pasha just kept kept coming and coming and coming, and you know, after a while, you you just can't defend it anymore. Um, pretty nice goals. There were some uh, some positions that would have been world class goals if they just went in, but uh, some of them just uh, like a back heel from from the from the for, uh, from the forward of Antalya Sport that just went next next to the post. Um, yeah, the guy that scored last week, right? What's his name again? Um... Yeah, I just can't remember his name. But um, otherwise, a pretty pretty nice match. Antalya didn't, uh, you know, Antalya isn't a team that should deserve. This big of a loss, but uh, you know, props to uh, props to Kasim Pasha for you know just finishing and being clinical. Yeah, Burak, anything to add? I just echo what Jakub said. Really, I think the the three nil is can, can be a little bit misleading because Antalya were definitely in this game, but like you said, Kasim Pasha were just a lot more clinical in front of goal. Obviously, one of them coming from one of your favourite old boys, Khan Pek, Mustafa Pektemek. <laughs> he he stayed fit enough, long enough. To get his name on the score sheet, and and the second goal, the second goal by uh, Tan was just a great finish. Yeah. Um, lifted over the the outcoming um, Antalya Sport goalkeeper. Um, correct position on the the offside as well for Nazim's goal. Unfortunately, the guy was offside in the build up to it, and I think Antalya had a bit of a penalty shout when the ball came off the bar and hit the guy. Who was already jumping up in the air, and I don't think there's any VAR protocol for that. For if the ball comes back off the bar and hits someone who's jumping, um, but I, for me, that's you know that is not a penalty because I had a quick check of the the law, and of course I'm a man of the law, and that for me that would have been an incredibly harsh penalty to give to Antalya Sport. Yeah, and I think it was Gustavo Blanco with the with the back heels. Is that all right, Jakub? I sounds, really can't confirm yeah. it, to be honest. <laughs> sounds about right with the name like Blanco, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move forward then 
to the next match, which is Kayseri Sport, Denizli Sport. This one ended all square 1 1. Pedro Henrique getting the scoring started here in the 13th minute, but Radoslav Murawski scoring from long range in the 74th minute to make it 1 1. Very nice strike from Murawski. Uh, and I kind of felt that uh, both teams could have gotten more here, but especially Denizli Sport. Silvio Lung made a couple of really impressive saves. Brock is going to throw to you first. Yeah, I'd like to echo those statements. This was a, this was a, this was a good game. It was a, full of some you know, good attacking football. So both teams are obviously going for it. And yeah, the goal by uh, Denise Spora was just an absolute peach. Peach of a shot. And it deserved to win the game rather than to bring the game level, actually. But you could see that both teams were adventurous. They didn't hold back, which is, which is good to see. Um, sometimes you get an opposed team that will show up and just try to sit back and try and hit them on the counter and soak up some pressure. But Dinsley were definitely here to to play. They came to the party to party. They didn't come to stand in a corner and look at everyone else dancing in the middle of the dance floor. So I think both of these teams will, are going to give us more entertaining football this, uh, this season. Um, I must say, though, I think Kaiser have probably had some more chances to win, especially I think Adebayor missed a really good opportunity towards the start of the game with a header that he should be putting away, a guy of his standard. But he did come up the with the assist for Kaiser's opening goal as well. So he kind of redeemed himself a little bit, but I you know, I expect more from Adebayor rather than squandering that first chance. And uh, Pedro Enrique, he, he, he continues his scoring ways. It's, uh, he's been uh, he's had a good start to this season. But Denis Dispor as a whole had a really good start. They're comfortably in mid-table right now. They don't have anything to worry about playing good football. Does that surprise you, Umut, when you see them week in, week out getting decent results? Yes, yeah, sometimes the PTT Birincilik uh, teams make some impact uh, during their first season. But uh, after that... After the impact is gone, uh, they balance out the position in the league. I think they make good transfers like Hugo Rodallega, uh, which is the best one, I think. Uh, very experienced, uh, who knows the league very well. Is it, uh, I think it's the reason uh, how Denzel is supposed to perform right now. Yeah, I, I agree with... Uh, I, I'm probably going to echo both of you guys. Um, it was a great game for a neutral viewer, very attacking football. Um, it was nice to see uh, our ex-players uh, do well. I really, I always like to keep up with some of our ex-players. So Rodega today with, uh, so Rodega in the match with Umut and uh, you know with 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 Oljai some of the times. It was a great game. Both the goals were really, really great. Um, yeah, I, I really can't say like one team deserved more. Probably, if, probably Kayseri, but uh, Denizli, as uh, as Ubud said, did some great transfers. Um, Rodega is a great great person to have at the point of the attack. He's, he's he pretty much heads every ball. He's, he drops every ball in front of him. Um, so they will probably keep doing this until they might be uh, in, might be uh, deferred by injuries or anything. But um, yeah, good game. Okay. Yeah, and Barro has been the highlight for the Nizli Sport so far this season, but I really felt like Oljai, with his first uh, performance here for, for the Nizli Sport, really put in a decent showing and uh, had an impact and was involved in uh, many of their uh, fluent attacks. Let's 
move over now to the main event of Saturday. Fenerbahce taking on the struggling Ankara Guju side and this match ending 2-1 to to Fenerbahce. Deva Urgil had put Ankara Guju 1-0 ahead in the 16th minute but Matthias Zanka scored in the 20th minute to make it 1-1 off of a corner I believe it was from uh, Denis Turic and then in the 73rd minute Virat Muric gets on the score sheet again after failing to score in the past two matches and he puts Fenerbahce 2-1 in front and he didn't give up that lead anymore and they of course secured three points with that and uh, they edge closer to Alanya Spor because as we will show later they didn't win this week for a change uh, so great result for Fenerbahce getting the home win Ankara Gujubel they were they felt really hard done after the match they felt like the corner leading up to the 1-1 wasn't the corner um, which I don't know maybe they're right but it was I wasn't like 100% clear on seeing it in the replay honestly so I don't know and they were they had some other contentious positions I guess but uh, Brecht give us the story of the match in your uh, opinion well anyone who was watching this match would not have thought that Ankara were struggling for form or that they had lost 3-0 the previous week because they absolutely came up came out the blocks fired up like a pit bull chomping at the bit to eat that bit of meat I guess it's always seems to be the way with teams. They come to Kodoko and it, it turns into their cup final or they up their performance a little bit. So that's something we should be used to. Um, the first, the opening goal by Deva Orgil is just uh, Adil Rami showing that he's not ready for this top flight football. He tried to clear the ball once, it hit an Ankara player. He tried to clear it again, it hit an Ankara player. And then from there, it fell into the path of Orgil, who outran both Zanka and Rami. Rami's got no pace anyway, but he managed to outrun Zanka and a great finish um, by Orgil and an even better celebration. I think all the judges gave him 10 uh, for that one. And But be careful, you might do yourself a bother with your shins, Orgil, when you're doing that. But then... Very bad for the back. Uh, yes, doing that, that, by the way. exactly. Um, but credit to... To Fenerbahce today, they kept their heads up. They they started the game trying to soak up a little bit of the pressure. Gustavo was making a good impression in the midfield. Um, lots of lots of passing, build up play, which was which was good to see. Uh, I think he's a, a good imposing figure in that central midfield. He looks very slender and slight, but he's got that look about him. He's actually he's very strong. He's got a good engine, good set of lungs, and I don't think it was a corner. That led to our goal. I don't think it came off an Ankara player. So we got a bit lucky with that one. And the ball came in. I think the keeper flapped. Um, Zanka went up for a header. Um, and he just ended up in the right place at the right time. You know, a good finish from a centre-back. So you'd expect a lot of centre-backs to potentially just sky that ball. But, you know, he produced a good finish. And after that, the, the team gained a little bit more confidence playing through midfield. We had a few good chances. Um, Cruiser, who was having a, a decent game, cut inside on his left foot and put the ball just slightly right with his right. Um, that's, that was unfortunate. I think Tolga Giorgi had a, a shot as well. Who, someone who yeah, had been... two or so good opportunities, I think Tolga did. Um, and Cruiser, has he scored yet? I mean, I, I think he got a fifth assist here, but I don't think he scored yet, has he? He's not scored yet, um, so he's got five assists because he's got four assists from open play and he was fouled for a penalty. So there's some debate as to whether that counts as an assist or not. Okay. 
<laughs> so he four clear cut assists and he was fouled for a penalty which we won. So it depended on what side of the fence you're on. We'll, we'll call it we'll call it four for argument's sake. So that's a, a decent <laughs> turn. Statistically four, but uh, there's definitely some merit to winning a penalty that ends up winning you the match. Um, yeah. But it, for obviously for me, I was at another wedding this weekend. I did not watch this match. My cousin got married uh, mm-hmm. this weekend, um, so I but, I missed the match. Nadim, my good friend, messaged me after or during the game and he was absolutely upset about the refereeing so what else happened in this match outside that 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 contentious corner is there anything else that happened where Angrekaju may have felt hard done by you will have to hold my hand here a little bit because like I, I didn't watch the game and in highlights you can't see stuff yeah. like that so is there anything so, else then I think the only thing that they feel that they could be hard done by is they th- I think they feel they should have had a penalty in the opening stages of the match. It's where Auger was running into the box, shoulder to shoulder with Zanka. And what happened was there was a little bit of contact, a little bit of linking of the arms, like they'll go do like a older do-si-do, you know, cowboy style. And then they kind of, they both tumbled to the floor. So I think that was at nil-nil or at one-nil? That was at nil-nil. That was at nil-nil, so I think that's the position they kind of feel a little bit hard done by. I think they feel, in this 92nd minute, uh, Vedat jumped up and handled the ball deep into the Uncle Gudja half, which was which was stupid, so that really should have been a yellow card. Um, I don't know what he's thinking doing that there. I saw that, I saw that clip, by the way. Someone sent it, like, uh, was basically playing volleyball, but mm-hmm. that wasn't quite clear on the fact on... When he handled, because he was on like near the touchline, when he handled the ball, wasn't he actually outside already? See, that's that's people that's contentious, but just to keep people happy, I'm, I'm saying he should have had a yellow card. So, <laughs> well, for me, I don't know. I mean, completely out of context. I didn't, like I said again, yeah. I didn't watch it live. From just watching that clip, it kind of just felt like me, like oh, he's trying to catch <laughs> it for the throw-in or something. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it could just, have been. I don't know. Could have been out lean because he's got quite a long arm, but I think Vedat was definitely the man of the match for us. Um, he's ever on a pitch, his battling spirit. He actually forced us to win the ball back before we scored our second goal. And this was the tale of the left footers. So we eventually wonder what is going to happen when eventually the midfield three is made up of Embre, Gustavo and Max Cruiser. And we found out just before the second goal, because Vedat Moric puts some pressure on the Ankara defender and the ball ends up going to Luis Gustavo. Gustavo, left foot pass to Emre. Emre, left foot through ball over the top to Max Kruse. Mad Max runs down the, the pitch, sends Hassan to the, the butt goal for a hot dog, cuts inside on his right foot, and pings it into Vedat, who just deftly finishes it with a left foot side foot volley. And for some reason, the Fenerbahce Stadium has now got flares and pyro like we have in the WWE or an NFL game. So when we score, all these flames come out from the stadium. Is that legal? Um, I've, it, it must must be, you know, something. And then, you know, Tolga had a good shot, the Giorgio, um, which Korjan saved really well. So a really hard-fought three points. Uncle Gigi was a really tough game. But I think it showed some great strength of character in the team to try and defend after going 2-1 up because the defence is still absolutely shocking and worries me ahead of the derby next week. But going forward, we created so many chances and we 
probably should have had a few more courage and made some really good saves. And Max, I think Max and Tolga, if they could have got their shots on target, could have formed a little bit of oh. more trouble for Korjan, and we could have won. But three points, uh, good performance, fed up back on the score sheet, playing like an absolute tank, and apparently scouts from Juventus are coming to watch him next week in the the derby game. So let's hope he performs as well. Yeah, it kind of fits that Mandzukic uh, profile, I guess, and they might be wanting to replace him. Also quite impressed by Tolga Zirgis, uh reemergence after one and a half seasons or something of injury, basically. He hasn't played football in over a year, and now he's playing at a very high level, I feel like. He's very useful for Fenerbahce, uh, getting uh, in scoring positions. He had that really good season for, for Galtzray two years ago, I think, where he scored quite a bunch of goals in the first half of the season under Igor Tudor. Uh, and he's kind of uh, refining that form, uh, it feels like. Um, guys, let's move on. Jakub, anything to add? No, not really. As a Trabzon sport fan, I don't really watch Fenerbahce games <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that my fan card will be, you know, revoked. <laughs> but um, you yeah, have to watch. You have to watch to find all the controversial stuff and 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 and, and cry on Twitter about it. Nah, uh, for don't five really, days. I don't really care about. It. I I heard I heard the commotion about it not being a corner. I saw yeah. I saw the highlight. It, it didn't look like a corner to me. Um, and I looked at a quick uh, highlight of the game, and um, I really like how how Ozan is starting to play like his old self again yeah, after really being. Good. After being memed and you know insulted on Twitter and everything, um, I'm really happy that he's finally back to his old form. But otherwise, not really much to add, to be honest. I think it's. I mean, look, uh, Nadim obviously listens to the show too, and uh, he's obviously our, our, our expert when it comes to Ankarik Juice. So I'm sure he's listening to it. Too. So I just want to have my quick say on it. Um, when I saw it from the replay, it kind of felt like I wasn't even sure if it either. It was a really poor whatever that was, cross or shot from Ozan, or it took a deflection on the guy's shin, because... And I... Th- that's where I'm like... it's I'm not really sure. I've watched it multiple times, and I'm like, I, I don't really see a deflection, so it's probably not a corner. But the thing is, VAR cannot intervene uh, interfere on, the, on the corner, so in a split decision, when it comes from, from the linesman or from the ref, I can see why they gave a corner there. Even though it's not, I mean, that kind of stuff happens all the time, and it's not really there. Well, obviously, I mean, it, 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 it's look when you're struggling, like Ankergiju or like Bishik Deshar, uh, every wrong decision by the ref that impacts you negatively is it hurts double as much as it would uh, otherwise. But eh, it feels like a little bit much. I mean, it's, I don't think it's an, an atrociously scandalous decision. Um, and I think you see those types of corners all the time in, in games where teams just get these, yeah, lucky corners, so to speak. But it's it's up, up to Korjan who completely went under the ball and, and fucked it up. And I mean, if he doesn't do that, I don't think they score. Yeah, so it's, it's a lucky corner, just like um, Galtzray got last season against us. So it just... It just happens sometimes, mm. and sometimes I'd say probably if it happens a hundred times, probably ninety times nothing comes from it. Um, that's a completely made-up statistic, and we just got lucky in the fact that it worked out to our advantage. 
So yeah. someone must have kissed or rubbed her a rabbit's foot that morning. The luck of the... I don't know. Yeah, Would-be <laughs> champions, maybe? Umut, anything to add? Well, I want to talk about uh, Fenerbahce's uh, situation uh, without Emre, because I think they're lacking some creativity without him. And, uh, I know he's old and he's a gem and a diamond in the squad. And I know Arsenal doesn't want to risk him, uh, probably saving him for the derby. And I know this is what Emre would want more than anything in the world to face Galatasaray uh, as a player. Uh, once again, and you cannot use him in every game, uh, risking him because of his old age, but he could have used him earlier in the starting squad because the opponent also has a basically Sedat Archer who is uh, the same age as Emre Belizolu. Uh But uh, Arsenal didn't want to risk him and put Tolga Giorgi. Uh, I know he's more energetic, but the creativity-wise, Fenerbahce struggled in the earlier stages of the game, and also uh, it's unfortunate that uh, Max Kruse couldn't find a net uh, despite being uh, having more assists than any other player in the league right now. He's making consecutive assists uh, in every other game, which is great. But I hope he'll find the net uh, after a while. You should hope he doesn't. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a uh, Jakub kind of uh, fan, to be honest, but... <laughs> well, yeah, he definitely deserves to get on the score sheet. He's, uh, like Burak has said a couple times, he may not always be playing the best football, but he's getting those crucial assists. And here today, I, I mean, in this match, I think he had a good game. And um, he was free as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, let's move over to uh, Sunday then. Rizespor Spore losing at home against Ghazi Shahir 1-2. Ghazi Shahir continuing their winning ways. I think that I believe it's three wins, a draw, and a loss for Ghazi Shahir in their five matches. So uh, at least my prediction on them has come to fruition thus far with them being a little bit of a sleeper team. Goals here coming from Mohamed Dimir in the 12th minute and then again Patrick Tuomasi in the 16th minutes to make it null. Nil two, so quick succession goals for Gazici here, kind of catching Rizespor off guard, and then it took uh, Rizespor until the 65th minute to get on the score sheet via Brian Samudio in the. Uh, yeah, to make it one-two. Rizespor also had two goals disallowed. One in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, yeah, in the first half, which I kind of felt like it was a little harsh for a fall during a carambol-like situation. I really didn't see anything there, really. Uh, and then the second goal was disallowed for offside, if I'm not mistaken. That was a correct decision. Uh, Jakub, any notes? I I'm 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 happy that a team like Gazshade is doing well. You know. Again, like I said, like five minutes ago, it's always uh, nice to see some old players of ours doing well. Gazir having Mohamed and Gura in the uh, in the attacking force. Um, Mohamed finally scoring after he didn't score for us like in 40 games or something. Um, the second goal was by, um, let me check just to be Tumasi. sure, by Tumasi. What, what a beauty. That was a really mm-hmm. good goal. It was a really nice goal. Um I think that <clears throat> first half, if you look at the first half, Gazir deserved the win, but second half Rizep really piled on. Um, unfortunately, they got they got a goal that was allowed in the first half. That, uh, as you said, was a carambo situation. But uh, yeah, it, it, I think the referee saw saw a handball of a player that fell down and got the ball stuck to stuck to his arm or something. 
and with the second goal being offside, um, there might have been, you know, Rizespor deserved maybe a, maybe a draw because they were the better the better team in the second half. But uh, uh, as the Gustafa game, it, it was a really good game for you know for the neutral viewer, a really attacking game. The Denizli um, game, I think you mean. Oh, the Denizli game, yeah. And um, yeah, just um, let, let's see how far uh, Gazzier takes this. Yeah, felt like one of those matches where I think they could have gotten a point with Zespor on another day. Um, Burak, any notes? What did you think of the Karambol disallowed goal? Um, I think that was the correct decision. It looked like it did hit a player's hand on the floor. So it's really tough in those type of Karambol areas when you've got players on the floor that are trying to like move their bodies around to mm -hmm. either shield the ball or get over the top of it. But unfortunately, it, it did hit a, a Rizespor player's arm. So that was the correct decision. And also the second disallowed goal, the guy, it was a free kick. I'm, I'm not sure if there's Rizespor player got a touch on the ball. But if even if he didn't, he was definitely interfering with play because it was one of those free kicks that went straight in and missed everyone. So even if he had got the slightest of touches, it was offside. And even if he didn't, he was pretty much in front of the goalkeeper, you know, causing an interference as well. Um, please check out Tomasi's goal. He, he's got no right to be scoring from that angle. Um, <laughs> he just It was like shot power 99 on, on Pro Evo. And it was funny, I saw a, a quote from the, the Gaza Shihi manager as well, um, Samudika, saying, um, I play 3-5-2 and he's saying I'm the Antonio Conte of Turkey. Um, because that's what Chelsea played in their championship winning season under Antonio Conte. So he's a character and his team has got character as well. So um, I'm looking forward to them causing a lot more uh, upsets and surprises um, this season. And it's almost like it's kamikaze football sometimes, but they've got such pace and power going mm -hmm. forward um, with their, their signings who appear to be gelling now as well and if they can produce like shots like that um they're going to cause a lot of trouble for teams on the road and at home yeah honestly i think if they would have faced Fenerbahce a couple of weeks later they probably would not have lost as badly for sure and uh maybe not lost at all because they've been they've been good um yeah let's move over to the next one against terribly facing league leaders alanya Spor. this one ended 1-1 goals here coming from bogdan stanku from the penalty spot in the 45th minute to put against terribly 1-0 up but jehun gulselam scored in the 66th minute on a corner to make it 1-1 alanya Spor with their first loss of points of course now they are on 13 points out of five games um but uh all in all no man overboard. They had a great start to the season. Burak, uh, what did you think of this game? Well, for me, it's good to see Alanya drop points, of course, because we're trying to, to catch them at the top of the league. But I thought against Larbele, they did put in a, a really good shift of football. They were a bit tricky in and around the box. It was a definite penalty, um, I think, against them. Um, so no issues there in regards to that. But then... Alanya showed that, that strength of character again that they've shown when they played and beat us last week. So I think Errol Bullet is doing doing a good job there, taking over from Saragan's handiwork. Um, of course, um, Jehun Gulsam, a blast on the pass, popping up with his goal in the 66th minute with the, the assist on Juan Fran. Um, 
I just think it was it was it was a well contested game, and it shows I think you know a little bit about how you can potentially play against Alanya, and if you take the fight to them, um, press them high up the pitch, and, and maybe even be a little bit more physical uh, than other teams are, you're going to cause them some problems. Um, it did get a bit tasty, um, as we know, um, a few. You know, tough challenges flying in. I think you know there were some people that were maybe lucky to receive you know, yellows and not reds. I think there was the uh, the number number ten. I think from Alanya Sport that had a high foot going into a challenge. Junior but I believe that's one. Yeah, but to me that would have been harsh to give him a uh, a red. I think it was definitely reckless, but I don't think it was dangerous. So. Having looked at the the rules, the EFAB rules, and of course being a man of the law, I was happy with the yellow card awarded. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and Cisse popped up towards the end, yeah. a good chance to finish it. Um, but he just didn't bring his shooting boots this week, unfortunately. Um, that could have seriously been two one, and he could have gone to six goals of the season. Yeah, he came off a defender's back, I think, at first, and then he found his way to get a shot off and uh, was unfortunate not to score if that's the one you're talking about um, Jakub or Umut anything to add or shall we move on to the next one? Yeah, uh, unlike Burke I think the penalty call was a controversial one because uh, when Stanko took the ball and dribbled past the uh, Alanya Sport defender I think there's just a slight contact I don't think uh, which can uh, make Stanku uh, fall like that because when you watch it from VAR review you got the slower vision uh, a slower version of the position and uh, you don't interpret the same way when you watch it the open play in a uh, faster version uh, I don't know uh, uh, if Burak watched it in a slow version or the uh, regular one but I think uh, uh, the penalty call couldn't be given uh, in some sort of ways. Uh, other than that, Alain Spor was playing really well uh, in these uh, past weeks. And this week, uh, Jehungil Salam uh, saved the point uh, by the set piece they had. And I like their play style because they all uh, they have uh, talented backs, especially Juan Fran. Uh, uh, who really balanced out the defense and the offense uh, at all times and uh, really talented attacking players uh, communicating really well with each other like Fernandez and Papistan Basisse who has a Premier League experience from time uh, I think they'll be going uh, successful Yeah, it's kind of funny that both uh, Sisse and uh, Dembaba are now playing in the Turkish League you know, because they used to form that uh the royal couple at Newcastle many years ago, um, but yeah, of course, yeah, we've 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 uh, said it before. Alanya Spor have a very fun team, and uh, definitely could be in contention for a European spot, especially if we see how the other so-called contenders are performing this season. Um, Jakub, nothing to add? No, not really. I um, I agree with Umut that I thought that it wasn't a penalty, but otherwise. Not much to add, to be honest. 
Okay, let's move over to the main event on Sunday evening, which was Yeni Malatya Spore Galatasaray. This one ended 1-1. John Michael Seri getting Galatasaray in front in the 23rd minute. Uh, and yeah, it took quite a while before that second goal in the match would come. That came in the 89th minute through Guillerme and Galatasaray, I think, will feel hard done by that. They did have chances to make it too. Um, uh, Malatya Spor found their chances towards the end of the match mainly. But at that point, I think it should have always been 2-0 for Galatasaray. And uh, they lose points again. Their second draw, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, they have a loss and, and two wins. So two draws, two draw, two draws, two wins and the loss for them in their opening five matches. Umut, your feelings on the match. Was it a correct result? And who's to blame, uh, if anyone? Well, uh, I think the first one to blame is Fatih Terim for uh, leaving the team alone uh, at times, uh, in these crucial times of the league. And all these away games, which are really hard, because uh, Malatya away is a hard uh, game every year. And playing against Sargan is especially hard as well. Uh, the ground, the pitch, was really heavy because uh, it wasn't as good as uh, Alisamian or uh, any other stadium. So you cannot uh, throw away your talent players uh, like Jimmy Durmaz or Emre Mor or even Adem Buk struggled to play because uh, it's hard to dribble or like uh, put up your skill uh, on the field in that kind of pitch, uh, in that kind of situation. So... Galatasaray struggled to uh, create some kind of things uh, on the field uh, in the earlier stages of the game. And Malatya Spor came time and time, but fortunately we had Muslera, just like the Buruha game. He, he saved millions of goals, which I can say, because I think he saved around, uh, let me look, uh, he made uh, three saves, which are really crucial ones. But... I I think it was firstly Nagatomo to blame because of his uh, offensive deficiency and lack of creativity on the field on the left side because whenever we come from the left uh, it's always blocked it's always finished uh, our attacking play uh, we never go through the defense with Nagatomo because he is not the kind of player we used to have like uh, at the time we had Riera who can cross really well or dribble all the way. But Nagatomo is not that kind of player, so we have some struggles. And Ryan Babal is not getting any younger, and he's not actually energetic on the field as he used to be. Because of that, we struggle to build up our play from the left side. And different from the Bruja game, we started with Omar Bayram on the middle and Andone up on the front. Uh, and I really liked Andone's uh, challenges and uh, his sacrifice to the game because he tried his really everything to get through the game. Uh, he even came close to a goal but uh, missed some kind of opportunities. Uh, and Seri, uh, even though he's little height, uh, he scored a really good header uh, to Malatya goal. But after that, uh, I don't know who made the change. If it's Levan Shahin or the Fatih Terim called them. Uh, maybe it's Fatih Terim. And 
Nagatomo came off and Ömer Bayram went to the left side, uh, left back uh, for the second half and Lemina was uh, put in on the field but I don't I didn't like his performance until now because uh, he tries to do something but he always fails to do the better thing uh, which was which would be more efficient for the team but he just I think wants to show off something I don't know what he's after but what he did at uh, 89th minute caused us a caused us points brought Martius for a goal uh, with a free kick set piece on the middle of the field because of the foul uh, Lemina cows and Babal's recklessness after the after the second half told us lots of goals because he was just uh, open and could score the goal but he decided to pass it to Lemina and the goal was screwed just we were like uh, five to one in that attack and we couldn't score the goal then Jimmy Durmas went in uh, to find a goal but uh, as I said earlier this kind of fields doesn't like these kind of skilled skilled men so Jimmy Durmas was a bad move for us and yeah, you need some power play in these types yeah, yeah, of matches yeah yeah Ryan Dock kind of players uh, would would be needed in the in that kind of pitch uh, mm-hmm. to hold up the play and uh, play safely however uh, we didn't do it and after conceding the goal Levan Shahin decided to put Falcao in which was as a should be ashamed of it because what would Falcao do in that two minutes of play to create a goal like I don't know uh, what he was after uh, just mm-hmm. you should have thought it hope, earlier hope for you a lucky have... ball like against uh, Kaiser I don't know I don't know I, I I don't know it, it, it doesn't seem realistic to me uh, it doesn't seem uh, like a realistic mode to me and uh, putting Andone off caused us the goal I think because it's like an unwritten football law uh, which uh, you take off your target man who starts to pressure up the front and you get pre- you get the pressure yourself yeah. let me ask you this uh, Umut. did you feel like the rotation to to rotate Falcao out was the right decision we spoke about um in our group, we spoke about uh, Trabzonspor's issues, maybe their injuries coming due to fixture congestion, not rotating. Did you feel like putting starting Radamel Falcao on the bench was the right decision? And, and do you feel like he should have come on earlier, perhaps, if he, uh, if he started on the bench? Or should he have stayed on the bench for the full match if uh, Galtrai didn't need a goal? Well, uh, firstly, uh, I don't think it's a bad move to play Andone uh, in the starting lineup because uh, he needs to heat up as well uh, to play for the full season. And uh, he wants to play because he was uh, in a punishment uh, fine after his tackle uh, earlier on in the Premiership. Uh, He was uh, suspended for like three games and uh, one of the games... Uh, was uh, came to the Super League and he couldn't play. So uh, I think Fatih Terim uh, wanted to see his performance as well. But putting Falcao in in this last two minutes is a disgrace. I mean, uh, you should put him earlier or you don't put him. Uh, and uh, because the reason I think Levan Shahim put him in, on the field for the last two minutes because he brought 
uh, Andone off uh, earlier on. Uh, yeah, obviously. I think all decisions sucks. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, uh, also, uh, Omar Bayram played really good on the central position, but his older position, left back, uh, he had some positional issues where, where uh, he couldn't anticipate where to stand or where to wait, uh, and he sometimes uh, broken the offside line, uh, caused us some uh, positions back there. Okay. Um, then finally. Uh... Correct decision, uh, correct uh, score line. Did uh, Matias Sport deserve a point? Yeah, definitely, definitely. They played really well. Okay, uh, Burak, anything to add? Um, nothing, not, not much. I mean, I managed to catch um, quite a bit of this game. I think Galatasaray had a f- definitely a few chances of, to finish the game off when it was still at one 0 especially a chance that Ryan Babel had where he tried to play into the path of, I think, either in Zonzi or Lamina. Lamina, um, Lamina just over, They just overhit his pass, and he could have either shot himself or he could have just played a better pass. I think that happens, that goes in, that's 2-0, that's, that's game set and match, it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the position with the potential penalty on Andone as well, where he... The mistake by the Malachisport goalkeeper, he sticks his leg out. Yes, and I think if Andone goes down, that's a penalty. If, because he was he was an honest player, he stayed on his feet to try and go after the ball. Um, it wasn't a penalty. Now I've seen lots of debate online saying, well, it doesn't matter if he didn't go down, it should be a penalty. They mentioned a similar situation where Salah was having his shirt pulled um, and mm-hmm. the ref gave a penalty for that despite Salah staying on his feet. I'm not sure if those are the, the same kind of position, a shirt being tugged on a player held back um, and a, a player having his, his leg tapped, but then running through. So I think they'll be having a word with Andoni in the back yeah. saying next time, go down. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I he think... was too eager to score that. Yeah. yeah, like I say, he's um, he, just, he was too much of a battler. He should have been a little bit more... Kurnaz, like a fox, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they say. Perhaps it's a, you know, like you said earlier. I think pulling the shirt is always a fall, uh, but it's a contact sport. So when it comes to normal physical contact, like like here, maybe the logic is well, you know, there's always going to be some touching. <laughs> uh, don't mind me, uh, Jakub. Anything to add? No, I think uh, Umut summarized it pretty well. I just think it's 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 really dumb. It's really insulting to put a player like Falcao in in the 19th minute. Um, and this game was pretty much the uh, the example to show people when you talk about the Turkish tradition of Atamana Atamiana Atarlar. Kasra um, yeah. should have scored yeah, a lot yeah. more in the first half, and it, it just bit them in the ass in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the problem with Kasra at the moment is. They really have a lot of good players. Um, they brought in a lot of good players, and they are kind of suffering from having having to play everyone. You know, you can't keep everyone happy, and Fatih Terim is, is normally well, the person that can keep the egos down. But I just think um, with 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 those amount of players and uh, the amount of matches that they are going to play, they just have to rotate a bit more. I think maybe sometimes because you see that uh, when players like Lemina who who I didn't like in the in the in the last couple of matches that I watched him, he wasn't that that good. 
it just seems to me that um, the players have a mindset of just let me get my minutes and let me do my best to to stay in the to stay in the game, you know. And it it kind of works in uh, works uh, against against Gosra at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, as Umut said, with uh, with Fatih Derm gone um, for a couple of matches, it's, it's it's kind of a difficult position they are in, even with the uh, even with the talent that they have. But um, yeah, I see them. I see them turning out well. I don't think that Umut has to worry about anything about the team. And let's stick with you, Jakub, because let's move on to Monday. And there was the Sivas Spore against Trabzonspor match, which we'll start off with. This one ending 2-1 for Sivas Spore, with the goals here coming uh, from Donis Avdijaj in the third minute, scoring, uh, making it 1-0 for Trabzonspor. So uh, that was a good start for Trabzonspor. But then in the 41, 41st minute, Fernando Andrade scored the equalizer for Sivaspor. And in the second half, Alexander Sorlov misses a penalty for Trabzonspor. And in the sixth minute of added time, Ur Chivchi clinches it for the home side, Sivaspor. Jakub, you must be left with a, with a major hangover after such a result, giving away the lead, giving away a potential win with a missing a penalty, another missed penalty for Trabzonspor, that's not going well for them this season, and then to lose it, adding insult to injury in, in injury time. Yeah, I was, um, <clears throat> I, um, I was with a friend of mine and we were, we were going to watch the, uh, watch the match. But uh, him, him being a Besiktas fan, and I'm, I being a, uh, me being a Trabzonspor fan, I watched the, I watched this game on my phone, and he watched it on the screen. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, just I'm, I'm just a good friend. Just remember that. Yeah, you really are, probably. <laughs> but you know, um, it, it, it got me pissed off because I, uh, when I started the match, I was really happy that the team started. Uh, it seemed to recover from the Getafe game. Uh, they seemed to have played, you know, uh, with Unal Karaman. Probably giving a giving us giving a shouting to the players like, come on, what the hell are you doing? You're better than this. They finally looked uh, looked like the team that I'm used to. Um, Judge is finally on the score sheet. Um, I'm not a big fan of him, to be honest. He seems um, a lot of a lot of players, uh, a lot of people uh, that I talk to have claimed have claimed that he's really a, a raw talent. You know, you just have to inspire him to do better, but. He really seems one-sided at the moment. He doesn't really have the. He, he sometimes gets past his defender, but he doesn't really have the skill to finish it or you know to do the right thing. But it was good to see him finally get on the score sheet. Um, as for the, as for the goal that um, that Silva scored, um, it's unfortunate to see Ulja making mistakes like this. Um, we finally broke open his contract this uh, this weekend a couple of days ago. And um, we signed him for a lot uh, for a longer period of time, and he's, he is a really good keeper. I'm not saying that he's a bad keeper, but it's kind of reminding me of when Onur started to be our first base uh, first keeper. Um, it's just you know it are the mistakes that uh, he, he 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 saves. He saves pretty much impossible goals. You know he saves uh, the goals that a different keeper would have would have uh, would have uh, would have would have gone in. Yeah, but, typical Turkish goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> but but when it came, when it comes to the you know the most basic the things simple it, stuff. yeah the simple stuff they they just the mistake is the mistake and mm-hmm. today's goal the first goal that uh, Sivas uh, Sivas scored was pretty much on Urjan he shouldn't have come out of his goal that far it was kind of the same that happened with the Getafe game um, I got angry uh, to be honest I got angry after the first half and I was like fuck it let me just watch the Besiktas game 
but um, I, I did watch I did watch like the last 20 minutes. Um, it's unfortunate that we fucking find. I'm sorry for cursing a lot. I'm just Go angry ahead. a bit. You know, the game just ended. I'm just angry that um, we uh, we missed the we missed penalty. We we seem to we seem to have lost a dedicated player um, that can that can you know make the penalties. We used to have Burak, but Burak got into trouble with so sad that you know Burak being Burak, he got he got he got into he got into trouble with pretty much everything. So we didn't have a the first choice penalty taker, and after seeing Sorlot score one last week, I think mm-hmm. you know probably thought like you know this guy actually can hit the goal, but um, Jinx it didn't. Um, a lot of people online are are crying about how the keeper of Sivasport was off his line before Sorlot took the took the penalty and how the players of uh, Sivasport got into the box before he took the penalty you know I when, what I said last week about Fenerbahce I don't want to you know I don't want this precedent to be set uh, where we you know analyze over analyze every referee mistake and you know uh, go to the ta- go to the football yeah. federation and keep complaining you know I know I know it it has a, it has a it has a purpose but he just should have, he should have buried that man, you know. Um, as for the second goal, yeah, and with that goal, I think that um, I think that Urjan did what he could. But uh, good finish from the from the player from uh, from Sivasspor. Let me just take uh, from Kone Kone like Urchivche. Urchivche. In Trabzonspor fashion, we just you know we conceded the last second of uh, at a time. Um, but the team, I'm I'm really happy with uh, with Mikel. Um, he, he seems to finally regain his own uh, his his old uh, performance. He he was really really great. Sosa is really struggling at the moment. Uh, Sosa being my favorite player is kind of hard to see. Um, yeah, maybe just also t- just too many games. He's 34 yeah. years old. Yeah, he really needs he really needs a week of rest. But we don't really have any players that can take his position and mm-hmm. you know do the same stuff that he does. Um, otherwise, uh, Abdul Kadir Parmak, good game. The def- I I really liked our defense. I think that um, that Hosseini uh, should be talked about a lot more by other fans. Uh, he's he doesn't really get recognized a lot, and he doesn't really get props for what he does. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. With uh, with with the Besiktas game next week, I I have a feeling that that I'm going to repeat myself. Um, but um, <laughs> you have nothing I know, to worry about. No, but I but I know that uh, pretty much every derby game that Trabzonspor has is always a really fun game. So I really can't wait because I have a feeling that the Galatasaray Fenerbahce game is really going to be awful, like the last twenty years or like so. Like it usually is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah that's yeah. pretty much it. So, quick question, because I, obviously I was watching the Besiktas game. The penalty, it didn't see it. Uh, did it get saved by the goalkeeper? Or? No, it was it was just next to the post. It was it was shot good, but it was just next then to the post. There's nothing, then there's nothing to complain about. Yeah, and, but and, and even if it was on target, the keeper chose the right uh, right corner, so he probably would have caught it anyway. Yeah, well, the question is then, did he have one foot on the line, or were both feet off the line? Um, if, I, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, both feet were off the line. Yeah, if he saves it, then you probably get to take it again. But because he puts it wide, I guess, yeah. Yeah, as I said, I'm I'm not I'm not the person that complains about stuff like that. You know, you you just have to finish the game. You you have to mm. win it without having mm-hmm. ser- having to search uh, the whole game. Sometimes, you 
sometimes a big mistake can happen that really impacts the game negatively. Well, let's say here the goalkeeper had both his feet off the line and he saved the penalty. Then I think VAR needs to interfere. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But you but, know, you can't you can't just go back with every every single position that was ruled wrongly. You know. Yeah, but I mean, he puts it wide anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah his own sure. fault. Umut, anything to add about this match? Well, I watched the Besiktas game, so. <laughs> Okay, well let's move over to move over to that match then the Besiktas game. This one ending uh, against Basrekci here ending one one goals here coming from Enzo Crivelli in the 54th minute and Burak Yilmaz from the penalty spot in the 84th minute. Um, yeah, not a very good game I think for either side. I didn't think that either team played a good game. Um, Besiktas were just woeful. Uh, not much really. I think the the main issue for Besiktas right now in this match mainly, I think it was the formation 4-3-3 with Leitch playing left central mids and, and Dorgan playing right center mid. The midfield was never really involved. I think he should have Abdul Abdi should have shifted to a 4-2-3-1 here to get both Atiba and, and, and Dorkan more involved in the physical battles in midfield. Uh, Bishtesh were just seemingly just skipping midfield constantly, playing lots of long balls, hoping that Nkudu uh, would do something magical on the left wing. He had one really good moment where he passed Kaisara and uh, then ran into the box and then he just did something stupid. I don't know, Nkudu to me it feels like he's he's got he's got like he's got the skill on the ball, he's got the speed, but then as soon as he gets into that box, he just kind of loses it, and he has, yeah, it's, he has talent, there's something there, possibly, if he could have, you know, a little bit of coolness, a little bit of composure, know how to pick up a player uh, in the box when he manages to pass his man, he could be a really dangerous player, but right now he's just not getting into that, I'm not sure if he's ever gonna, he, he does seem to miss something like that. I think it was a very big decision towards the end of the first half where I really think Douglas got super lucky. The referee, um, Douglas and Gulbranson, I think it was, were both like kind of shoulder to shoulder and, and Douglas has his arm over Gulbranson's shoulder. They're kind of tugging at each other. But to me, Douglas is making more of a fall than Gulbranson is doing. Uh, that's a last Should man position. Off, do you think? Uh, for me, it's I think it's a red card. Uh, the referee gives the fall against Gulbranson and then immediately blows his whistle for for half time. Uh, that also means VAR can't do anything, so that's interesting. Uh, I think that the referee felt a lot of pressure because he had shown Burak Yilmaz a very soft yellow card. Then after that, he had shown Laichi yellow card. I think he had the, the, the you know the crowd against him. I think he uh, lost his uh, composure. Um, to me, I think the yellow cards for Burak especially was was very harsh. The one for for Leitch, uh yeah, I think Leitch was fault and was frustrated or something. I don't know, but uh, uh, there I felt like the ref was kind of being an ass. But then for the Douglas position, he was being a coward because I think it's a red card. And I think if that's a, an away game, he, he wouldn't hesitate. But I think he didn't dare to pull the red. Uh, then in the second half, I think there's a similar position with Mert. Uh, but for me, I I wasn't sure. Uh, Umut, you seem to think it was a red card for Mert. Um, the penalty to me felt soft, but... I didn't really. He's pulling the shot off, man. How yeah, but I couldn't. I couldn't properly see it from because they didn't give a proper close up. It was all like, 
you know, from far distance. So, I don't know, maybe. I guess it was everyone saying it was a clear penalty, so I guess it was. Um, the goal from, from Bashakshir, I felt it was offside, but then I guess it took a deflection, and I think it was onside anyway. Left back um, breaks it down. Yeah, but all in all, I, I didn't feel like it was a good game for either side. Besiktas created nothing. I think they had one shot from Burak that was decent. But he get, did that himself. They clear, created absolutely nothing. Uh, Bashakshi here didn't really create anything either. I was worried going into this match. Obviously, Besiktas were without Tomago Vida due to his red card from last week suspended. Victor Ruiz got injured against Slovan Bratislava. He's out for about a month. And then Enzo Rocco got injured la last week during training, so he's out too. So Besiktas was playing with a makeshift defense with Gokhan Gunnel playing a central defender and Nijib. I think both of them had a really good game. Uh, I didn't think that, that uh, defensively Besiktas uh, looked bad uh, except for that one moment with uh, with Douglas uh, and a couple of poor clearances from Douglas in the first half early on but all in all I think Bishtesh played a decent defensive game um, but just in terms of build-up in terms of attack it was just woeful um, and, and this was not an inspiring result heading into next week's away match against uh, Trabzonspor. Adam Leij also getting his fourth yellow card in his fifth match so he will be suspended against Trabzonspor. No Leic. I don't know if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing right now. He's he's really been playing poorly. Um, but, I think uh, you should be happy about that. Yeah, but then we don't have anyone to replace him really. Uh, Olsan, I guess. He, when he came in, he kind of gave a spark. Um, he's been injured. He got injured a couple like two weeks ago or something, and then he missed the Gaziantep game and. Or the Gazishir game, missed the Slovan Bratislava game, but he, he looked decent here, so hopefully he can come back. We'll really need him. Uh, I think Leitch is really struggling with the fact that he's in this 4 3 3, he's playing quite far away from the goal. I think Leitch is a guy that is, is in his best when he's close to the goal, where he can, you know, control the ball quickly, try to find a pass. But what we're trying now with this 4 3 3, with him playing a little bit more out left, he's having to get collect the ball really close to the midline he's having to make a lot of meters with the ball at his feet that's not really his strength he's a good dribbler but that's not really his strength i think yeah in co poor form in combination with just kind of being played out of position i think Afchi probably should have considered switching to a 4-2-3-1 rather than sticking to his 4-3-3 but yeah i don't know um how do you consider the fact that Aouji, Abdul Aouji, failing to beat his team, which we can call his team, Bashakshir, which he also took whole, like, uh, majority of his career, basically, to form up, like, uh, piece by piece in years, and couldn't beat the team he built in years? Yeah, it depends on what he has available to him. Yeah, but... He, I know, but how do you dismantle? Uh, I mean, look at look at what for for the past months, Bashakshir have been struggling with the fact that Ipriano wasn't there. They have been mainly their main issue has been defensively. I think today they had their ideal def uh, defensive back four. You know, Kaitsara played a good game. Um, who played uh, on the other side? Uh, uh, of course, Klichy. and then they had Skirtel and and, and Ipriano. Uh, at the back, so defensively, I think they had their ideal comp com composition for the first time in months. Um, in midfield, they had their ideal composition, and up top, they had. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of Gulbranson, but I think 
Besiktas went into this match with a lot of they Missing have been players. the entire se- yeah they 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 missed so many things and I think in the beginning of the season it was clear that the 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 thing what Bishtesh were lacking most were just some components but right now I think because of the poor start of the season even though that Burak got added again which should have changed something for them but of course you know he's been hasn't played no match rhythm and then to immediately come up against Epriano and 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 Skirtel is is a, is a tall order. Uh, so I wouldn't, and I think he was decent all in all, considering that he didn't get a single useful ball basically, and still managed to get a penalty and create a chance for himself. And I mean, you know, in that context, I think he was okay. But after not being able to beat his former team, I, I wouldn't really. I think so far, Afchi has not that much blame um, because I think right now. Is a the the result is a little bit there's there's frustration among the players which you can see because of the it not going well but again the ideal eleven is, is far from where we I think ideally Besiktas's midfield would be um, Elneny, Leic, Olshan I think it's the ideal midfield and obviously at the back a very important player for Besiktas in terms of build up is is Victor Ruiz uh, he wasn't there today that was a, a big miss. Uh, Vida is not that important in the build-up, so that's not not that big. But I don't know. It's just it's not clicking. It's not meshing. Um, I don't really think there's much the coach can do because he's working what what he has available to him right now, and it's up to the players on the pitch. I, like I said, I do think the four-three-three is, is is harming Leitch's ability to play to his full uh, potential, but. He should be able to do more than what he has been doing so far, despite the fact that he has statistically had a decent start to the season. But when it comes to actual play, I, I don't think so. Uh, let's talk about Douglas and his uh, position. I think we are probably in agreement. Yeah, uh, definitely. Red card. Yeah, Jakub, definitely. Yeah. For you too. Yeah. And okay. do you do you think the Gulbrad since tackle? Uh, I don't know to who, but literally took the player's shoe off. Uh, could be booked. Mm, not sure. I think I missed that. Maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. I think it was against I... Douglas or Rebocho. No, Rebocho wasn't playing. So. No, it was against Douglas. Uh, the, it literally uh, was from the back uh, and uh, to the Achilles uh, and took the shoe off the player and wasn't even booked. No, I, did, I missed it, I'm afraid. I did think the referee was pretty poor, by the way. I think... Uh, Overall, he didn't have a good game. I think, you know, obviously Douglas, that should have been red. Uh, and then there's the the other big decision that, Umut, you said you felt was a red card for Mert. Yeah, uh, uh, Brock was receiving a through ball to the back of the defense and he was going and Mert rushed out, uh, mm-hmm. out of the box and he literally misses the ball and uh, goes into Brock and Brock fell down. But nothing given. To but is is Burak looking for the contact, or do you feel like Mert just clipped him? Because one of my Bishkish friends said that uh, Burak actually no, Mert clipped. misses the Mert? ball. Yeah, yeah so I he think was. That. He should be touching the ball. Otherwise, hmm. uh, he just drops Burak off on the ground. So. Hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I'm I'm looking at the position right now, and Mert doesn't really um, he, he misjudges how far the ball will come. So Burak sees that and he slows down a bit. But I don't yeah, think looking it, for I, the contact. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. no, no, no. He even misses really the ball. 
and put Brack into a disadvantageous position. Yeah, yeah, but um, the defenders were there, so if if the foul was given, it wouldn't be a red. It would be a yeah. I, I think, but it wasn't even booked. Yeah, yeah it's, that's, that's it's, really weird. It is but very I... similar to the uh, previously we talked uh, that uh, Utkuyukran and uh, General Drill's position. Yeah, yeah like I, two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know, I know but yeah, it is similar to that. You know what it is? I think that because Burak has a reputation of, you know, being yeah. that guy that always falls, he, he will he will never get, you know, the positive. He will always be the in, in, mm. in the bad side of the uh, of the of, of the referee, you know. And um, yeah, you can if you, if you look at the position in slow motion and like four different angles, you can probably say like, nah, this 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 he's looking for contact, but it's it's happening really fast. But it's really weird that he didn't give a foul or anything at all. So. I agree with you, Umut. You know, it's funny that Burak played on all teams, like for Jakub's team, for Khan's team, and for my team. And so we are all aware and we all know his manner in that kind of positions. I mean, yeah, you love him. You love him when he's with you, but you hate yeah, everything yeah, about him when he's gone. Yeah, it's a fact. That's why I was kind of like, <laughs> eh, you know. Because Umut, yeah. Umut was very adamant that is, oh, that's, that should be a red card. And at first, I think Jakub is right in the fact that look, the defenders were kind of still there. Although, I guess you could say, look, if if, if Bura gets beside him, it's empty net and it's a goal. So it's a... Yeah, but, I don't yeah. really... Yeah, yeah the, but I don't the net think is it's basically empty card, because you cannot uh, take the position like the uh, last defender kind of position. It's not similar, I think, because the goal is empty. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and then finally, I think the, the other big decision is is the penalty. But we already spoke about that. You guys seem to both agree it's a penalty. yeah, it's a definite pull. Okay. Yeah, it's a penalty. Yeah. So one one for Besiktas doesn't really help them. Five points in five games. Their worst start to the season since two thousand and one, when they got four points in five games. Uh, they did end that season um, in a positive way, though, by almost challenging for the title but i i remember that was like one of my first real full seasons i watched i think like in match day 30 bishtesh were hopeful and then they played galatasaray at the adisamian and uh i think ilhan hit the post in the first half one-on-one -on -one with mondragon and then flurkin scored or perez sebastian perez scored i think yeah perez plus perez Perez scored a header, I believe, in the second half, and Galatasaray won one nil, I guess. So I remember that as one of my first, very vivid memories of a, of a complete uh, disillusion of losing uh, the title that uh, we were always on the back foot for. But Besiktas with a terrible start to the season, Besiktas not much better of a start, honestly. Um, so I yeah, let's. Uh... Revenge, but that uh, by that Sargan Tumar, uh, Sargan at the champion Galdi. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Uh, let's take a quick look at the standings then in the Turkish Super League after match day 5. Alanya Spor obviously still in first position with 13 points. Fenerbahce and Gazici here both in second position with 10 points, but uh, Fenerbahce have a plus 5 goal differential and of course also head-to-head -head with Gazici here. They have a better uh, result, so they're... Uh, in second position and Gazi here in third. Then in fourth position we have Denizli Spor and in fifth position we have Rize Spor and we also have uh, Siva Spor and Galatasaray uh, on sixth and seventh position. All of those teams are on eight points. Then let's look at the bottom of the table. We have in the bottom three Kasim Pasha, Kayseri Spor and Genshterberli. Genshterberli are on two points. K 
Kaisri on 3 and Kasim Pasha on 4. I have to say I am really surprised by the fact that Kaisri are among the bottom 3 because I really feel like Kaisri have uh, been good so far despite having so few points but they've looked good in their matches. Uh, and then Ankaragiju are just above the relegation zone with 5 points. Uh, and then Gustepe with their win, their first win, are also on 5 points. And Besiktas, of course, on 5 points as well. Istanbul Besiktas on 5 points. And Antalya Spor on 5 points. So lots of teams from 11 to 4 to 15 are on 5 points. And uh, 1 point above relegation right now. So kind of uh, shadow, yeah, yeah, reflecting last season for, for Fenerbahce Besiktas right now with their terrible start to the season. Now, let's look at the fixtures for next week then. On Friday, we have Başakşehir hosting Rizespor. Then on Saturday, we have Denizli Spor hosting Kasim Pasha, Alanya Spor hosting Sivaspor, and Galatasaray hosting Fenerbahce at 6 o'clock in uh, Central European time. Then on Sunday, we... Oop, what did I do? Then on Sunday, we have... Konya Spor hosting Kayseri Spor, Antalya Spor hosting Yeni Malatya Spor, Ankara Gju hosting Genshterbeli for the Ankara Derby, and then finally Trabzonspor host Besiktas. Uh, this is the final uh, game of the match day, and uh, I'm dreading it. Jakub is looking forward to it. Umut, how are you feeling about uh, your big derby with Fenerbahce? Uh, I think it would be hard because. Fatih Terim leaving us alone once again, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Uh, our game against Brugge and against Malatya Spor isn't promising, actually. So mm. we should wait and see and hope where that Muriki Murat Muric doesn't shine up. <laughs> doesn't uh, show like, up yeah. as well. Uh, Burak would say here, like he's already been better from. Uh, uh, compared to Amanda at the time. And Jakub, uh, your expectations? What are you thinking? Are you looking forward to it? To, to be About Kasefener or Trabzonspor? Uh, both. <laughs> nah, I, I, you know, the Kasefener uh, matches are always, you know, mm-hmm. it's more about uh, it's more about any everything that happens besides on the pitch than what happens on the pitch. So it will it will probably be a a low-scoring game. <clears throat> um, as for Trabzon for Besiktas, um, just bet your house on uh, on straight scoring. But otherwise, yeah. Is he injured? <laughs> he'll he'll be back. He'll be back. Um, but otherwise, it's pro- it will it will probably be a really nice match. As I said, um, um, the games, the the derbies that Trabzon Sport plays are generally really good. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I expect a fun game, but um, I'm I'm ready to be disappointed. Well, let's wait and see. That's up for next week. And of course, no European fixtures during this midweek. So we'll have to wait until the week after. So next week, uh, we will be reviewing match day six only. And we'll maybe pre uh, briefly be looking forward to match day two in the Champions and Europa League. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of Football a la Turca. And we'll see you again next week.